This is exactly right. said no gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. Um, if you were thinking you were going to be listening to another podcast right now, I'm sorry, that's fine. Uh, I'll give you a minute to gather your things and go. Uh, but if you feel like sticking around, I'm still here. I'm about to introduce our guest. And we're going to have an hour or so of just sheer joy. We're all going to have a good time. Our guest is so funny. It's Jimmy Oyang. Jimmy, welcome to I Said No Gifts. Hey, thanks for having me. This is also a very chill podcast. Your voice is very soothing. <laughs> well, it's, I'm going to try to just ramp up the stress as quickly as possible. Okay, good, And good. just turn this into a real high-tension nightmare for everyone. It's going to be very confusing, like neurologically, because your voice is so chill. But if you act really erratically and turn this very uncomfortable, I might just have a stroke. <laughs> I want the guest and I want the listener to just be on a roller coaster. I want whiplash, emotional, uh, just an absolute nightmare for everyone. But audio wise, right. if you had it in the background, you would just think that it was a peaceful conversation. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, but the first thing I need to ask you about is I feel like. Are you planning to paint the room you're in? Yes, I have these paint patches from <laughs> nonetheless a uh, Ferro and Ball, uh, you know, the best paint game in the business. Oh, wow. So I have, um, this is my office right here. I have a Hague blue, a uh, Denim's in the middle, and then uh, I think it's called HRI blue or something like that. It's more of a green blue. I'm just trying to make a lot of decisions. A lot of patches around my house right now. <laughs> I also have paint on my hand, you know, that I just, I just paint, painted a closet. Have you been painting today? Yeah, I love painting. It's my thing. Really, it's completely a waste of my time. Like my time is <laughs> worth way more than, you know, painting walls, but I enjoy it quite a lot. Are you planning to paint the entire house yourself? The house is already painted, as you can see. It's just like a basic white color. Right. I'm just trying to jazz up a couple accent walls, make my bedroom a little warmer and, you know, certain things like guest bathrooms and stuff like that. Right, right. And so with these current three colors behind you, are you leaning towards one? I mean, I definitely have a preference, but I'm not going to tell you. No, no, I want to hear your preference because I've been looking at these for so long. I mean, through the crystal clear HD zoom screen I'm looking at, I'm going to go with the one that's currently over your right shoulder, I believe. This yes, one? right there. Yes, that's the one I like too. That's the... I. Ichirai blue, Ichirai, I don't know how they call it, the green blue. I want to do this in my bedroom. I think it's a very pleasant color. Now, are you a self-taught wall painter? Yes, yes, I would say so. Uh, I'm not that good yet. So I just started painting little trims around my house. 
Uh, and then the Ferro and Ball, they recommend that I use a, a primer of their own. Like their, their stuff is just so expensive. It's like $80 for primer and then 120 bucks for a can of paint. Oh. They say one coat of primer, or two coats of paint, or you're going to regret it and you're not going to get the true color. <laughs> wow, they really just run their business through fear. Yeah, they too, as, as to uh, all high-end retail, I guess. But very, very nice people in there, man. I just go in there and hang out sometimes. It's, it's very calming. I, uh, I love paint. I love the uh, paint samples. Uh, but the idea of painting anything in my home is mortifying to me. I think the big rooms, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to my painter. I got this guy, Marvin. He's amazing. Um, but the little stuff I'm going to try to tackle my girlfriend, just like a little project, you know, and then, uh, if we botch it, I can always call Marvin back. <laughs> I think it sounds very soothing. If you're like, look at it that way. I just, I don't look at anything in a soothing way. So it's difficult. Yeah. Well, little do you know that these three patches has been on my walls and every single wall in my house for about a month. Uh, so this is oh, so these aren't new. not so the, it's just very hard to make a decision. <laughs> yeah, that's I would probably get to the point of having three spots on my wall and then it would be four years would pass. Uh, I would realize I have to move out of my home. We would just paint white over them again and I would get out of there. See, my dream is to be on like a fixer upper like Joanna Gaines, like that type of show on uh -huh. HGTV. I come home blindfolded, you know, they reveal what they've done and then I just cry. You know what I mean? Like, that's my dream. But I don't think that's realistic because I'm too, like, picky. I'm too, like, nitpicky. So, like, I would I would say, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then a month in, I'm like, man, I should have done it this way. Why didn't you move the island out three more inches? That color is fucking weird. It's just a never-ending process. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just cannot be pleased. I uh, So you're saying, when you say crying, uh, you would want to come up, it would be like a happy cry. Tears of joy. Tears of joy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah, would yeah. like to be on one of those shows. They pull the blindfold off me and I have a complete just freak out, just a oh, meltdown. That would be have awesome. Have caught on camera. Yeah, that would be great. I feel like we haven't seen that in a home renovation show where the person's furious. I told you I don't want a fucking island. Why'd you open <laughs> up all my walls, lady? I don't want green <laughs> tiles in my bathroom. Fuck you, man. You ruined my life. But you know what? But here's the thing. They, they at least make it nice, like generically nice to some degree. That And, and it always starts out as such a shithole. So even if you don't like it personally, you can always sell it and, and you can make a ton of money. And I also wonder who pays for those shows. The homeowner actually pays half and then HG. I don't know. It seems like a great lottery ticket. I have recently, I think I was uh, talking to somebody about this recently. What is it? House Hunters Renovations, I believe is what it's called. I was like, why would you go on that show if they weren't going to pay for your house to be renovated? Right. Apparently, they, according to someone, uh, not a great source, I imagine, but they said that they do pay for the renovation, which, make, which is like, oh, okay, now I see. That's amazing. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of these shows are, you know, it's all so phony. Like House Hunters is all phony. It's just. Is it right? Is it fake? Are these shows fake? House Hunters, you have to have purchased the home before you go on the show. You have to be like closing on it. Oh my God. How did you know this? This is, this is some real tea for me. This is shocking. This was my adult Santa Claus moment where it's like the magic is gone. The, it is. Just, I don't know why anyone agrees to go on that show. They're not looking for houses. They, I, 
I guess they think it might be a gateway to fame. I don't know. Yeah. You sound like the people it's like uh, talking about Bachelor. I don't know why people are on the show. They're obviously not there for love. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess for fame. And they probably get paid like a couple grand maybe. Yeah, or, or they maybe. help out with like, they give you $5,000 in like renovation credit or something like that. There's got to be some yeah some upside to it otherwise you're everyone hates the people on house hunters we're watching it because we're so annoyed by everyone on the show i know oh i i do like um the fixer shows because they always well it's also pretty low stakes not not for the actual couples involved but to us who live in la where oh. real estate's very expensive and like it's like a couple in Nashville or like where where are they in Fixer Upper? Uh, uh, they're in Waco, Waco, Texas. So houses like fifty grand. It's like oh whatever. If she fucks it up, she fucks it up. <laughs> like who cares? It's fifty grand of a house, and you can always sell it. And 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 the uh, the thing is, the renovation costs more than the home sometimes. Right. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, Chip and Joanna are just out of control. And logistically, as TV producers. Isn't that like a really hard show to do? Because you got to wait six months of renovation for an episode, or are they just doing five projects at the same time? My thought is they're doing extremely shoddy work. They they've put together a house in a weekend. It probably after they're done filming, immediately begins to fall apart. Yeah, it's not up to code or anything. Right. It just falls off. Half of yeah. these houses have now like sunk into the ground or collapsed on a family. It's so crazy. I couldn't even get my contractor to come fix a pocket door for six months. Six months. They're waiting for the part. The part got lost. The guy got COVID. He couldn't come. And then his father died on me. Oh I, I feel like God. he's just a pathological liar at this point. And, and he has my pocket door hardware and it hasn't came. He hasn't came in to install it for six months. And Joanna Gaines and Chip build six houses in six months. <laughs> It's coming for them. Eventually, this is going to catch up to them. I think these two, look, for legal reasons, who knows what? This is all speculation on my part. I've only You're watched get the show. sued for like a slander <laughs> on the great names of the Gaineses. Chip and Joanna build quality products at mm -hmm. affordable prices. They've changed America for the better. And they obviously love each other. That's what I'll say. Thank you. And, and your next guest? Joanna Gaines. <laughs> Joanna, welcome to I Said No Kids. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, I feel like your entire life, I mean, from my perspective of seeing it on Instagram or whatever, it feels like your every day is your birthday. Oh, oh that, that's very nice. That's the best compliment I, I can have. I feel like you're someone who just is constantly enjoying themselves. Is that true? Uh, well, that is definitely the image I portray on Instagram, just like <laughs> everyone else, you know? <laughs> Uh, but I do enjoy myself quite a lot. Honestly, like I didn't mind a pandemic, you know, uh, it was fine. I, I had a lot more time at home painting walls and, uh, it was cool. Like, you know, I just, I just take it as it comes to me. I do find myself complaining a lot. Uh, but I am practicing how to be more grateful because even I, maybe every day is a birthday. Maybe my life is super <laughs> blessed and I, I don't, I, I take it for granted sometimes, you know, but yes, yes. Uh, I, I, I am. I am. I am blessed. I'm a blessed man. What's something you've done recently you've really enjoyed? Oh, work-wise or anything? Anything. Probably not work-wise. I mean, yeah. Let's not talk about work. You know, we'll get to we'll get to work at some point in this conversation. But I feel like you're like at some point you were in Las Vegas in the last little while. I feel like you're eating just delicious food nonstop. 
I love eating. I love cooking. Recently, I got into gardening, which is very enjoyable. Very, very enjoyable. What are uh, what sort of gardening are we talking about here? I have a veggie patch that I grew some. I have tomatoes. I have some Thai chili peppers that my friend's wife gave me, Ooh. who's also my uh, friend. You know, uh, my friend's wife is also my friend. Um, <laughs> very I progressive got, of you. Yeah, I got some basil. I got some habanero that's coming in. And I also have a flower bed and I planted some marigold that I bought from Home Depot and it's thriving. It's doing great. So I'm, I'm getting a lot of joy seeing all of these things every morning. Oh, this sounds lovely. Yeah. It's, it's I, good. Let me give you a tip. Never plant mint. Have you ever dealt with mint in a garden? Oh, you know what? The house in my backyard, it has some mint. I never planted it, but it's there. What's the problem with mint? It is the most insidious plant I have ever ever witnessed it takes over every space i mean if you want a ton of mint go for it my right. entire vegetable garden is essentially mint at this point it's a weed right it, yeah it's, it's just like a, a really nice smelling weed it looks good <laughs> but uh like the amount of mint i'm producing i could have a factory which is not bad well but the thing is how many mojitos could you drink like <laughs> Basil, you can always make pesto. Like it takes a lot of good right. basil to make pesto. Mint is very limiting. You know, I'm not sure. There are so few things. Yeah, mojitos, dessert. I guess you can like make a key lime pie with some mint or something. Right. I don't know. I'm not a big mint guy. I will say, in about 2018, I discovered mint in a. Somebody put mint in a chicken salad, and it was delicious. It was like, wow, I'd never thought of this. But it's such a strong herb. You use like five leaves max right. in a salad, you know? Could I make homemade gum? That's the big question. Mm. Has anybody ever attempted to make a homemade... I mean, I guess gum started somewhere in somebody's house. It wasn't in the Wrigley's factory to begin with. Yeah, I feel like you need a lot of weird chemical ingredients, like a horse hoof or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then boil it down or, or that's jelly that's jello but yeah, i'm sure there, there's some gelatin stuff inside of gum there has to be gelatin and gum yeah i don't know but i've been eating a lot of thai chili it's been really coming in and that's the great thing about growing certain things like basil and chili because you don't you don't need need that every day right like i feel like it's kind of futile to grow like bell peppers because you just go down to the market and get a very large one for 99 cents. And you're going to yield, what, like five a year from a plant? And it's, you just eat it. It's super quick. It's, 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 I don't know. I feel like it's not worth it. But if you can grow like Thai chilies, each little plant comes at literally like 50. And then you can eat wow. like two a day and you don't have to use it a lot. You know, that's right. the perfect type of stuff to grow. What are you putting these chilies in? Everything. I had like instant ramen yesterday. I just chopped up two chilies, put it in. Um, I actually learned that I was filming something in Fiji and I always ask for hot sauce in a restaurant. They don't have a lot of hot sauce, but they'll always, always give you a dish of just like chopped chili, which is great. So fresh. You mix it with like in a salad and rice, even on top of a steak with shrimp. Oh, it's so good. Phenomenal. And now you've just got it growing in your backyard. Yeah, yeah, it's all happening. But I think it is so so Thai chili, you know, it's like green and red. So it starts off green and then it turns red. And then I think it goes bad or it just gets a little stale. So I, I have a lot of red ones now that I'm kind of concerned. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe I'll dehydrate them and make chili flakes. I don't oh, know. Or freeze idea. them, put them in the fridge. 
I'm not sure. Freeze them? Yeah, yeah. I've never know. had a frozen chili before. Well, I'm I'm guessing maybe you've had it. They just thawed it out. I don't want to know if I have ever had a frozen chili. Yeah, I don't want. I rather just live in ignorance. They don't think. I don't think they have to advertise chili like they advertise salmon, like never frozen, <laughs> wild caught. You know, chilies. <laughs> I feel like maybe it's time to start taking some chilies to your neighbors or something. Ooh, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just COVID. I haven't really hung out with my neighbors. They have a couple of very young kids. I don't think they've been vaccinated. Not that I don't oh, want to hang out with them, but right. You know who knows? Like I'm fully vaccinated. I got COVID already, so like I'm very, I'm good. You had COVID. Yeah, man. After I got two doses of Moderna, that's when you saw me. I was in Vegas doing a show uh, for the opening of uh, Resort World. And right. I was like, oh man, I got I got the vaccine. I'm I'm invincible. And then, of course, I came back uh, and I got the Delta variant. Yeah. Oh, my God. Was it horrible? It wasn't too bad. Uh, luckily, because I got vaccinated. Right. You know? If I didn't get vaccinated, it could have been really bad. Um, but I was just very congested. It felt like, you know, I had like a big allergy attack. Right. No fever, no nothing. But after like the fourth day, I completely lost a sense of taste and smell. How long did that last? That lasted about four days, but you, you don't know. Like I, I thought it would have lasted, like it could have lasted like two months. I don't know. It was, it was, I was panicking, you know, as much as I love food. Oh, that would be uh, that to me. I mean, outside of death, which is obviously a bad thing, the, the losing your sense of taste and smell, just what's the point of moving on in life? I, there, like, there were like a day where I was like, what if this never comes back? Like, am I okay just going on? I'll probably lose a lot of weight. You know, <laughs> I found myself hungry all the time because I just didn't eat that much. I don't have that urge to right. fill up on really yummy food. So I would try to eat healthy, but then I, I got salads and stuff. But then I'm like this, even when I don't have a sense of taste, it still tastes like shit. It's just a wet leaves. It's just wet. It's cold. It's, it's you know, it's like, ugh, it's rough. So I don't know. Like, I, I think day three, I ate Popeye's, even though I didn't have a sense of taste. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. At least it is warm and crunchy. Like you forget how much food uh, about food is not really about the taste. Sure. Mostly 60%, 70% is about taste. Maybe 50%, only 50% is about taste. And the rest is about texture, temperature, and visual, you know, oh, uh, yeah. the rest of your brain working. And that was a very interesting discovery. And I was actually making very beautiful looking food that was bland. <laughs> like what? Like a beautiful bowl of oatmeal? Like I made like a personal shabu pot, like a hot Ooh. pot with like Wagyu beef with like little yellow daikons, which I wouldn't put in a hot pot, but it just looked beautiful. Some kimchi, stuff like that. So it's just like a rainbow of color. It looked beautiful. But I, I don't, I don't know how it tasted. It probably tasted okay, you know. But I, I couldn't tell. So you were just overcompensating for the fact that you weren't going to be. Able yeah, to yeah, taste with it. the visual. Yeah, for the lack of taste, I overcompensated with visual and warmth and texture. Yeah, I feel like in that time, you brothy type things are probably a good idea. Just hot liquids. Yeah, exactly. You probably clear out your sinuses and stuff. It was so weird the night that I lost taste. Right. I was like, oh, let me, I've lost taste before when my sinus is super clogged, you know, right. like everyone has, I think. So I was trying to blow out my nose. I pulled out the neti potty. I want to take a hot shower, but it's just nothing. Like my nose, oh. I was so raw from blowing it out. Just nothing. I was like, oh my God. Like as if somebody like snipped my neural pathways. It was, 
It was scary. That is horrifying. Let me ask you, when you get um, like a sinus infection or whatever, you lose sense of taste and smell? Or when I have it, everything tastes like an attic to me. Like old, oh, musty. Interesting, interesting. I'm sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's different ways of it. Like a lot of times it's just everything just tastes like mucus, I guess. As gross oh, as worst. that sounds, you know? Yeah, you're just drowning in your own mucus. <laughs> um. Okay, well, I'm glad you made it through. I'm glad you were vaccinated. That would have yeah, been... Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, if only for this podcast booking, if we had lost you to COVID... That would have been really a devastating thing for this podcast. So we, we wouldn't have been able to talk about HGTV. Right. Where would any of us be at this point? Um, but speaking of this podcast and, you know, neighborly things and this kind of thing, uh, the podcast is called I Said No Gifts. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you and I share a mutual friend in Jessica Gao, Jessica uh, Gao. a wonderful comedy writer. Emmy-winning comedy writer who wrote Just Pickle Rick. And an excellent person to go out to dinner with. Is current showrunner of She-Hulk. Sorry, she's also my business partner. I have to talk her up. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, excellent, excellent dinner guest. Um, and also a proud Costco member. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, she introduced us, and uh, you're the reason you're here on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I think she probably, at some point in talking to you, mentioned that the podcast is called I Said No Gifts. And so I was excited you were going to be here. I was so happy. And then uh, I believe it was yesterday, I came out of my office to see my boyfriend receiving a package at the door and then closing it. Mm. And uh, from a masked figure, obviously COVID, uh, so their face was obscured. It wasn't you, but someone. Uh, and then... I started to put the pieces together. I thought, hmm. oh, Jimmy's going to be on the podcast tomorrow. He's, he's got my address, and now he's sending strangers to my home. Ooh. And I've received uh, an item here uh, in a little bag, and uh, it's now in kind of this beautiful bag with this gorgeous white dog in a tiara. Yeah, you can't fault me with this. In all of my emails and everything about the podcast, it says ISNG. I, I thought it was like <laughs> it's like IGN or something, like some of those, like one of those gaming things. <laughs> I had no idea that it actually stood for I said no gifts. There's a nice Chinese guest of yours. You know, we always bring <laughs> gifts. And I brought the cutest gift, I thought. This to me just feels like a lot of covering on your part. Um which is fine. I don't want to get in a fight. And also, it's to... really your boyfriend's fault. He didn't have to open a door and accept this gift from a stranger. That's very true. I mean, you know, looking at it now, I almost want to place all of the blame on him for just bringing a foreign object into our home from someone he didn't know. Yeah, you don't know. It could be COVID in that bag. Right. He just willy nilly accepts things from people. It's, you know, you've got to you, you need to use, use a little more sense. We live in a dangerous yeah. world. Especially when your boyfriend has a podcast called I, I, I Send No Gifts. You know, he really right. just should, should never open the door. He should be the first line of defense for me. Hey, come and he's on. dropped the exactly. ball. Exactly. Exactly. How, I mean, how do I learn to trust again? I mm. don't know. Mm. All that aside, do you want me to open this gift here on the podcast? Uh, please do. It's, it's, it's very small, so you won't feel bad. Well, I feel guilt at all times. So. Uh, no, no, it's it's so small you would not feel bad, but it's it's fun, <laughs> it's interesting, and it's practical. I think I'll be the judge of who feels bad here, Jimmy. Okay.
diving in. Okay, it's in another bag here. It's in a big five sporting goods big store five bag. Sporting goods. It's my first, it's the first place I ever worked in. I Is still it get really? A, I still get an employee discount there if I talk to the right people. You're kidding. How long did you work at Big Five? I worked, uh, I think, three separate summers uh, when I was in high school and then maybe my freshman year of college. Yeah, it was, there's a Big Five right down the street from my house and I walked there to work. It was the first place I ever applied to and the first place I ever worked at. It was, it was awesome. Oh, that's lovely. Were you a cashier or a salesperson or what? No, you got to graduate into a cashier. They don't trust you with the money right away. So I usually worked in the shoe section. You know, oh. they put they usually put all the boys in the shoe section. The managers can work behind uh, uh, the counter where they sell shotguns and stuff. And then um, a lot of girls were the cashiers, and they will work in the uh, uh, swim section, the soccer section, and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I mostly did the shoe section. It was it was a great fun job. Now with the shoe section, was there like training about how to like? You know, you go to a shoe store, they make you stand up, they feel your toe. Did you have to be trained on that or was it just guesswork? Uh, a little bit of that. They say, you know, you should have about a thumbnail of space between the shoe and and your toe and your big right. toe. But here's the thing. Uh, really, when it comes to salesmanship and when people are buying stuff, they don't know what they want. You just got to... <laughs> instill confidence in them that they're <laughs> buying the right thing, you know, and it's okay. If, if, if you're like, Oh, this is perfect. This looks great on you. And Oh, guess what? Oh, I put my finger on it. It's perfect. They're going <laughs> to love it. And they're going to feel good about their purchase, you know, and, and that's what you want people to walk away with. Did you ever deal with angry customers or anything? Um, angry customers nothing this is a pre-karen era so <laughs> i i didn't i don't think i dealt with a lot of karens and people are generally very nice i would say i think yeah my first like month working there eric clapton came in and was browsing the discount shoe section it was what? very cool yeah and nobody recognized who he is because he just looks like a regular dad you know and then i just went up and i was like mr Clapton? And he was like, yes. And I was like, oh my God. He's literally looking at the 1999 shoe sale section when you just have mismatched pairs. This man has probably a hundred million dollars. I know, but I think rich people and famous people like to do normal shit. And then years later, I'm like, oh, that this checks out because there was a paparazzi picture of him like doing laundry to laundry mat. So I feel like he just likes to do regular stuff. Oh. Yeah. And now wait, I feel like he may be an anti-vaxxer. Oh, I don't I don't know. Ooh. That I do not know. We'll yeah. have to check into that. That would be heartbreaking. Yeah, I feel like um I don't want to talk bad about the man. He's a legend. Right. But if he is, it actually is in line with browsing the discount shoe section, <laughs> laundry mat, you know, and anti-vaxxer. Those are all all the same fan diagram, I feel like. <laughs> Eric Clapton, I hope you haven't lost your way. As someone who is constantly looking at the clearance section of shoes myself, I feel like we should all get a vaccination. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, that's so exciting. I, my other big question about Big Five is, is there a, a rivalry between Big Five and Sports Authority? Oh, so yes, big time. Not Sports Authority at the time when I was in high school. It's called Sports Chalet. But I feel like it's a little different. Sports Chalet was more like Foot Locker. They have like really nice top of the line stuff. Uh, New Jordans, I think uh, 
brand new, like the uh, the newest Nike running shoes, whatever. Whereas Big Five, they have stuff that's like a couple years old, but it's very practical stuff. If you need a punching bag, if you need a bench press, if you need some weights, if you need a soccer ball, you go to Big Five and you know you're going to get a good deal. There's some nice shoes, but Sports Chalet is a little higher end, I feel like. A little more hoity-toity. I, yeah, well, I yeah. mean, I guess that makes sense. The Chalet, they really want people to think that they're shopping in a fancy place. I've never been in either uh, as someone who's just not good with any any athletics. You've never been inside of a sporting goods store. Uh, I have been inside. There was a, where I grew up, there was a, I think it was called Gart Sports. Oh, okay. Uh, that was like our local chain. But as far as a big five, uh, a sports authority, a sports chalet, I think there might be, oh, a Dick's Sporting Goods. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever been in any of those. I've been in an REI just recently, actually. Oh, yeah, cool. Rock climbing shoes, but, uh. Not I'm not I'm not on the the sports goods uh, retailer uh. circuit. Well, look, we haven't even opened the gift yet. Mm -hmm. uh, the listener is probably screaming at me. Get into the bag. But look, I love retail. I love a big box store. Sue me. Mm -hmm. Let's let's see what's happening in here, though. Oh, this is OK. I actually have a, an immediate question. Mm -hmm. So uh, this you've given me. <laughs> uh six table tennis balls and this is something that i've actually i have a huge amount of ignorance about are ping pong and table tennis the same thing the same thing i think table tennis just sounds more technical because even uh chinese people would call it ping pong you know okay who calls it table tennis uh, snobs british people <laughs> brits i have no idea <laughs> table tennis does seem like just kind of the mechanical like like a machine came up with the term table tennis when everybody else was calling it ping pong. Yeah, I feel like table tennis is for people who are trying to like be too PC, you know, and, and, and they call it, they try to, they think ping pong sounds offensive, but it's actually not. It's actually it's what we say. It's just the name also. for the sport. Yeah, I think technically it's called ping pong as like an Olympic sport. It's, I'm sorry, it's called table tennis as an Olympic oh. sport. You know what I mean? And the word on the street is ping pong. Ping pong, we're on the street. It's way more fun to say. It, ping pong, like, yeah. I think it makes more sense with like, it feels like the balls are pinging and ponging. Yeah. And uh, in Chinese, it's actually ping pong, but in Chinese. So ping pong, chou, ping pong. Really? Yeah. Wait, so do you play ping pong? I assume you do. You gave me ping pong balls. I grew up, I grew up playing ping pong. Uh, and recently, uh, somebody on Instagram, very nice guy who plays ping pong, sent me a brand new table tennis racket. Uh, ping pong racket uh and i'm excited to get back into it that's why i'm trying to send all my friends ping pong balls and if you're into it you know get, get some rackets and we can play but i grew up playing ping pong that was a big sport in hong kong that's like the national sport right you know it's like basketball here you know whereas here if you play ping pong people just think it's kind of funny or whatever but it's a very serious sport back home so i grew up playing that until i was like 13 until i moved here yeah was it something growing up like kids in the u.s you grow i mean Look, me aside, I never had a dream of being in the NBA. That was never a remote possibility. I still have that dream. You know what's crazy? <laughs> I still have vivid dreams of like, say, me playing for the Clippers and like, uh, not Doc Rivers now, but Ty Lue calls me up from the bench, <laughs> you know, and then I just rock it in, in Staples Center. I would love nothing more. I feel like it's time for the NBA to just pluck a full grown adult man 
out of obscurity for uh, basketball dreams. Yeah, Just I like, got hoop dreams, man. Right. Come on, you know. They don't like, die. I feel like there's so many things like, honestly, like I, I do, I am an optimist. I think if you put your mind into it, it could happen. Except my actual dream, basketball. It just, there's no way. Uh, I mean, I, th- I wonder if truly, if that would even be a remote possibility. Because, you know, NBA players retire at 37 or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. If somebody, like in their mid-30s, could even begin to, like, be, be a rookie in the NBA and go on to be a successful player. Or if that's just uh, a, no, a non-starter. You mean me? Or like well, a guy that's 6'8"? Yes, I'm, I'm, I have manager ideas in mind already. I'm <laughs> going to get you in the NBA. Well, we're both going to be very broke. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Even if I started playing basketball eight hours a day, you know, since I was like five years old, not going to happen. Just no way. It's a, I, I mean, the people playing are just beyond talented. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I wonder if there's like some poor soul out in the world who just turned 42, who happens to be an incredible, like the world's best basketball player. And for whatever reason, bad luck has gotten in the way. And this mm. person deserves to be in the nba i i mean r.i.p to kimbo slice you know he was just like a street fighter and then he got into the ufc and became pretty successful yeah something Um, like that there was a great story about this laker guy who spent about 10 years in the g league and the developmental league and then he finally got called up and he scored like i don't know like 20 some points in his first game and he was about like my age like 30 something uh, I, f- dang, I forgot his name now, but he, he was like the oldest rookie or whatever. And he was great. Well, then you got that Mark Wahlberg, um, movie about the football player that walked onto the Eagles, the What's invincible, oh. yeah, I think it's called invincible. It's a Disney movie. And, uh, it's based on a real life guy. I forgot his name, but it was an open call out to be a receiver on the Philadelphia Eagles. And Mark Wahlberg placed his character in the movie and he actually did it. And he became an NFL player. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, of course, this person probably played in high school. You know what I mean? Right. That's what they don't tell you. Yeah. There are a lot of those Disney movies with one word, and now I'm picturing myself in one called Wonderful, my true sports story. So I just have to find the sport that I can kind of be a miracle player in. I've tried, uh, I guess it would probably be badminton. That's the only sport I can play. Oh, are you really good at it? It's the only sport I like to, it's because it's, you know, the it's really hard. It's really hard. You really break a sweat. I, I play you it do. Alone. You're running around, you're yeah. batting around. You, uh, but the nice thing for me is there's no hard object flying at my face. It, the shuttlecock is uh, very it's not intimidating. Well, the, it's so crazy because you can hit the shuttlecock as hard as you want. Mike Tyson can hit that shuttlecock and it's only going to go. At, at, at a particular speed. It's never going right. to go faster. So you can really let your rage out, you know, on the shuttlecock and it just kind of floats on you. It's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I love the floating aspect of it. It's like the one sport where I'm almost certain I'm not going to get injured. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like you get a lot of like lateral movement. You might like blow your knee out, you know? Well, I'm happy to blow a knee out, but if I, as long as I don't have like a concussion or oh, yeah, yeah, basketball yeah, yeah. slamming against the side of my face. It's a non-contact sport. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Now back to what uh, I derailed it really quickly. But what I was going to ask you is growing up in Hong Kong, were you ever like, oh, I might be a professional ping pong player someday? 
I was actually very good. Um, I was probably one of the best players under the age of 13 in Hong Kong. No way. Yeah, yeah. I was on TV being interviewed. I was playing in tournaments and stuff like that. But I was, um, you know how Michael Jordan and Tom Brady has that like winner mentality? I'm not saying I don't have it, but like when I get to like really pressure situations like the finals, the semifinals, I kind of, I choke. I got the right. yips, as they say in the sports world. So I would never actually make it that far. Whereas my brother made it pretty far in tournaments. But I had like better form, you know, and everything. So I, I looked more promising. But when it came to actually performing, I wasn't that great. Um, but yeah, the first few times I was on TV was in Hong Kong, like news, you know, that playing ping pong. Wild. Right? Pretty crazy. Did you ever win any like trophies or prize money or anything? I think I won a couple of bronze medals, like nothing crazy, you know, maybe a school tournament or like a local club tournament. But my brother actually has a couple gold trophies. Oh my God. What does your brother do now? Uh, I don't, you know, he's, he's, he's in finance. He's not, okay. Nothing, you know, crazy. Yeah. The dream is dead. No, he's not a professional ping pong player. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually the head coach. For the, no. no. <laughs> he just won the Olympics. Look yeah. it up. Um, were your parents, did they encourage you? Were they like, Oh, maybe our kids are, oh, yeah, they played it too. And it's a great sport for, especially older people now, you know, to keep your mind fresh and your brain fresh. And it's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. They really encouraged me. I remember my, 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 my dad took me to all these training camps, uh, took me to practice all the time. It's just wow. like, a, you know, a good, like soccer mom here would take their kids to practice or whatever. And they really took it seriously. I don't think they ever thought like, Oh, I'll be like, so I think they were hoping I wouldn't be a professional because like, if I would be a professional, I'll do that. But there's no money in it. In That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be a super lucrative sport. Not, not really. You can get into coaching and stuff like that, but it's pretty, it's like one of those sports where like, you know, articles written about how uh, Olympians become broke after a few years. It's like one of those. Probably. Right. Right. And is there anything beyond just playing ping pong to get better at it? Is there like any training regimen or anything, or is it just playing? Oh, interesting. You know, um, I was always very small as a kid, so I wasn't very strong because ping pong, you can really whip the hell out of the ball, right? you know, unlike, you know, a shuttlecock, uh, where I feel like there's like a, a maximum velocity. So I was always a bit weak, but I stopped playing before I hit puberty. Oh, so I don't know. Like I played it as an adult just for fun. I can still like serve like a really nice ball and like whatever, but I'm not that good anymore. Like a lot of my friends can beat me if you just have practice because my body has completely changed. I don't know the dimension of the table anymore. Like now if I hit a ball the same way I would hit it when I was a kid, it would just go out of bounds, you know? Right. Right. But I, I, I want to get back into it actually. Uh, I, I wish I had the space for a ping pong table here or something. Um, but the only like ping pong club I can find is all the way in Santa Monica, which is so far. Oh, that's a drive. I know. I know. I know. So you need to open another chapter. You need yeah. to open one in your neighborhood. Yeah. Maybe get a community ping pong tournament going. I'm now wondering, can large people play ping pong very well as a fellow small person? I mean, I'm actually horrible at ping pong. Uh, but I do feel like if I put any effort in, I would be okay because I'm essentially the height of a table. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's a lot about reflexes and reach. So you could be sure because the table is not all that long, but if you watch the Olympics, there are a couple of people that's like six, six feet tall, six, two that, are, that play very well. As long as you have the reflexes, because you have 
that reach that you can get around right. the table more, you know, as long as you have good lateral movement, you're good. Yeah. Ping pong for me was one of those things that I felt like every other kid learned to play uh, without me. And then suddenly I'm over at someone's house. They have a ping pong table and I just don't play at all because I don't want to reveal that I have no idea how to play. <laughs> Never got good at it. Well, it's fine. There's no shame with you as an American person not playing ping pong for me. A lot of people, a lot of my friends know that I grew up in Hong Kong, know that I grew up playing ping pong. So they always challenge me to ping pong. Oh. And I'm not good. And they've been practicing. I'm not good anymore. You know, I'm practicing. They've been practicing in the house. And when they beat me, they think it's the greatest thing ever, you know. <laughs> but if I win, then it's really neither here or there. So there's no, there's actually no winning for you. Lose, lose situation. What a drag. Yeah, that's why I don't play ping pong anymore. But I, I do want to get back to it. Secretly train for a while and then go beat my friends. That's what you need to do. Just blow everybody away. And yeah, you yeah, always yeah. have the personal satisfaction. Yeah, the only win I, I have is really a truly like a blowout. If I blow somebody out, like right, you've got to just be the ultimate player in the community. Yeah, exactly. Do you play any regular tennis? Um, no, I did play like in PE class in high school. They'll rotate sports, and say the real tennis players will go to the tennis team, so they're not in PE class. So I was better in tennis than regular kids, right? right? but I'm not good at tennis. It's, okay. it's different. It's, it requires a lot more wrist strength and like, it's just different. And let me ask you about pickleball. I do, you know, I don't know what pickleball is. To me, it seems like a weird in between ping pong, tennis, and I'm going to say croquet. I feel like the ball is much harder. It's like the ball is like, like rubber or something. It's like a drunk guy sport, right? It's like middle-aged drunk guys, weekend warriors <laughs> go play pickleball. <laughs> And then drink like 12 cores lights. It does sound like a drunk game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like a real Olympic sport. It's like a weekend warrior drunk guy sport, which is great. I love those. They made us play it in gym in the high school, but I think that just speaks to... It did. ...whatever was happening in my high school. <laughs> uh, I can't say for sure. I mean, the same person who was teaching us pickleball was also teaching us how to drive and probably biology. So it's... Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Not ideal. Well, this is very exciting. I love uh, the feel of uh, how light a uh, ping pong ball is. It's great. It's like a little stress relief. You can right. bounce around. You can learn how to juggle. I can, ju I can do a mild one-handed juggling. That's Maybe I can great. get back into that. Ping pong ball is actually very hard to juggle, I got to say, because they're too light. Too yeah, light. no weight. But, you know, I thought maybe in case you didn't play ping pong, you can always use it for beer pong. I've never played beer pong. What? <laughs> You never play beer pong? My life is so empty. Well, it's not empty. Maybe you just, uh, well, beer pong scenarios are, I feel like once you miss it past like 21, you shouldn't be like a 30 year old man playing beer yeah, pong. That would be like, an alarming weird. turn for my life. If yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. playing beer pong. Yeah. If, I, if uh, my girlfriend comes home, I'm just playing beer pong with my buddy. <laughs> that's, uh, that's very alarming. Does anyone ever play beer pong solo? That feels like the darkest of all. Oh, uh, I don't know how you could do it, but they, I've seen arcade machines where you play beer pong against computer. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty interesting. I like it. I was in an arcade recently and it was uh, uh, just a wild experience. I, mm. I mean, obviously I hadn't been in anything like that since uh, the pandemic uh, and I hadn't been in an arcade 
probably in 15 years. So it was really a sensory overload. I love arcade. And, and now they're bringing it back as like people our age, like 30, I don't know how old you are, but like me, I'm 33, like 30 some year olds, like kind of hip comeback thing. You know, there's like coin op. That's like really cool. You get a couple of beers and everything. It's really fun. I, I, I enjoy it quite a lot. Like I've done a lot of dates there, first dates. And, and I used to live very close to this place called Busby's. And I used to go three times a week. Oh, I've never heard of Busby's. It's really a sports bar, but it has like one basketball machine, two skee-ball machines and like big buck hunt. So me and my buddies would just go there and hang out. Uh, it's really fun. I love it. I love an arcade. Do you have a favorite arcade? Arcade game, I mean? Um, I like Big Buck Hunt. Okay, sure. I like Big Buck Hunt, but um, because the thing is, I love all the shooter games. Well, you wouldn't know what I'm talking about. Like Time Crisis is a classic. I know what you're talking about. I've played a million Time Crisis, House of the Dead. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You never played Beer Pong. You've been to many of arcades. I'm sorry. As far as, you know, look, I'm the biggest nerd on the planet. I'm sorry. Now that I just think you've never done anything. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, time crisis was fun, but that requires so many coins to beat the game. And right. I never end up like beating the game. And there's this one game I'm absolutely obsessed with. They have it at Dave and Buster's and a lot of major arcades. It's a little baseball bat that you get to pull back and the little <laughs> tiny baseball rolls at you. And then you release the bat and you try to get a home run, a one out, two out, whatever. It's really fun. So it's kind of like uh, like a miniature pinball machine or something. Yeah, yeah. And and at Dave & Buster's, you get tickets for that. Oh, right, right. So I've really always fun. wanted to get enough tickets to get a prize. Have yet to do it. I was, I was never able to do that in Hong Kong, like the Hong Kong version of Chuck E. Cheese or whatever. Because, you know, we just play and, you know, you waste some money and then you get a pizza and you leave. Right. But then as an adult, I have the exact same goal, right? And there was Dave & Buster's down by my house back in the day when I used to live in Hollywood. So I used to go there. And there was a Simpsons soccer game where it's like Homer Simpson would toggle back and forth and he'd try to kick a soccer ball. There's one soccer ball. And each time you get it past him, it'll bounce back and you get like five points, right? Right. So what I did, I grabbed three basketballs from the machine next to me and I have four balls and I'll just like <laughs> be on my knees and throw these <laughs> balls at, at, the, at the back of the goal and it just boom, 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 boom. And every time I'll get like 200 tickets. And that same night, I got enough tickets to win a Huntington Beach slow cooker. Oh, that's incredible. I know. I know. It's the, the, the best thing. I still have that slow cooker. It's amazing. I'll never throw it away. I thought you were going to say that same night you were banned permanently from Dave and Buster's. No, no. Nobody caught me. Nobody caught me. I, I, I had a buddy. I had a spotter. I had a buddy spot me. Like in case any Dave and Buster's employee came by, I would, I would stop. I'm sending this audio to Dave and Buster's. They'll be the first people to hear it. What if I go to jail? What if I go to jail? I just admitted to like fraud, basically. <laughs> oh but my it was God. worth it for the slow cooker. You've probably had many a good meal. Yeah, well, actually, I used it twice and I was like, ah, it's, I'm better off just cooking it regularly. Like, who the fuck uses a slow cooker? I guess if you have a nine to five, you the point is you dump it in and you come back, you know, but I don't like, I can just cook, you know, it's fine. Right, right. Wow. So many things revealed on this podcast. I know. I'm a fraudster. I'm a fraudster. You never play beer pong. <laughs> Who are we? It's shameful. It's absolutely shameful. Big Five is regretting ever hiring you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Look, it's time to play a game. I want to hmm. play a game called Gift Master. Okay. I need a number between one and ten from you. Eight. Okay. I'll explain how the game is going to work in just a minute. I have to do some light calculating. 
In the meantime, you can promote something. You can talk about something you're excited about. You can recommend something, whatever you want. I'll be right back. Okay, cool. Uh, I have a great rom-com starring me, Nina Dobrev, and Darren Barnett coming out on Netflix November 5th. It's going to be great. It's going to be very cute. It's a Christmas movie for all the family, for the holidays. And your boy, Jimmy O. Yang, will be the lead of a rom-com. You should check it out. And I know, I, I know you, uh, Bridger, you're a big rock climber guy, you know, and REI. I climb rocks in that movie, man. Really? You're going to love it. Wait, did you actually have to climb rocks? <laughs> you know what's funny is I have a fear of height. Um, so we went to like an indoor gym and it was my first time climbing rocks or climbing whatever. What do you call it? Rock climbing walls. Right, right. And I got up there. It was very scary for me. Um, but the, the, the plot of the, uh, one of the plots is that my character is supposed to be like a professional. He oh, goes no. there, he owns a store called all things outdoors, you know, and he's the professional, right. And I'm supposed to teach Nina Dobrev's character, how to climb rocks, but she is a daredevil and an athlete. So she's just wrecking up. And so we, <laughs> a lot of acting had to be involved where I have to pretend I'm not scared. And she had to pretend she couldn't climb rocks. Oh, my. well, then it's too, the biggest challenge of both of your careers. It really was. And there was a scene, they put us up, there was a crane and, and a camera where I'm like, talking to her trying to calm her down uh i'm like you can get down here it's fine it's fine <laughs> on the top of the rock wall like i don't like 30 feet tall. i was so scared but i have to act like the level-headed one this is really oscar level acting in a rom-com <laughs> academy please take notice yeah talk to your boy academy <laughs> oh i'm excited to see this yeah it's it's a really sweet movie i'm going to focus in on that part of the performance and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna rip into it if it, if I'm not convinced. Yeah, yeah. As as a real rock climber, you tell me what you think. Love Heart, <laughs> November fifth on Netflix. People should watch that. Jimmy's a delight in everything, so oh, I'm very excited you. about that. And I think uh, I had a psychic a couple of years ago tell me that uh, the uh, rom com renaissance is upon us. That was his big revelation. I don't know why he told me that. <laughs> like Netflix, you see all the rom coms coming out. It always gets number one. Right. You know, uh, Crazy Rich Asians was a rom-com. Right. Wonderful in that. You know, it's really making a comeback. People just want comfort food. You know what I mean? And I love it. I mean, you know, you kind of know what the ending is going to be with every rom-com, but... Some fun jokes. It's just a nice love story. Yeah. It's, you get there's to see laughs. people fall for each other despite everything. Yeah. You get a little rom, you get a little calm. Yeah. It's all anybody ever asked for. Exactly. Jimmy. This is how we play Gift Master. Mm -hmm. I'm going to name three gifts, three items, things you could give away. And then I'm going to name three celebrities. And you're going to tell, or famous people or what have yous, you're going to tell me which gift you'd give which person and why. Does that make sense? It's like fuck, marry, kill, but with gifts. It is. It's kind of a gifty version where everybody walks away with a beautiful gift. Maybe we should make it like, um, what are the three gifts you give me? I choose to gift one to someone. I choose to not give a gift to someone and keep it for myself. And then the third <laughs> one, I throw it at someone's face. That's more like the fuck, marry, kill version. Jimmy, get your own podcast. You're, you're welcome to start a competing gift podcast and do your game there. But we've got the audio. People will know that you, you know, came on here and were inspired by me. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, these are the three gifts you're going to be giving away. Number one is a uh, a corn nuts variety pack. So 
you know, like oh, a big fan of corn nuts. I love a corn nut. Who doesn't? Do you have a favorite yeah, ranch flavor? is ranch. Oh. Is there spicy picante? Picante. Yes, that one is fantastic. That I think is kind of the dark horse of the corn nuts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, number two, you'll be giving away a canoe. Ooh. And number three, you'll be giving away a pack of dogs. So that's a whole pack of dogs. What that's, kind of dogs? Adult dogs, puppies. What kind of dogs? It's uh, dogs of all shapes and sizes. Whether they're snarling or not is up to you. Oh, okay. They could be mean dogs or nice oh, yeah. dogs. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, the people you're going to be giving them to are the following people. Number one, we love her. Penelope Cruz. Who doesn't love Penelope Cruz? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's cool. Number two is Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson, of course, played Coach on the TV show Coach. He's in a lot of stuff. I, I remember I saw him in a movie that I just recently watched. Let me uh, look up Wikipedia. Craig T. Nelson here. Uh, my name is Earl. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, interesting. Uh, Turner and Hooch, Poltergeist, Stir Crazy. He's always like kind of like the bad guy, right? Right. In Poltergeist, he's the dad. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's either dad or bad guy. He's not uh-huh. the Poltergeist in Poltergeist, although that nice. would be incredible. Craig D. Nelson. Okay, okay. Uh, and finally, uh, Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. Oh, I love Uma Thurman. I think everybody loves Uma. When she's at her best, she's unstoppable. You know, I feel like Craig T. Nelson is a corn nuts guy. He's salt to the <laughs> earth, you know, like a dad type guy. You know, I right. feel like the, the ladies will be very confused if I gave him corn nuts, <laughs> you know. Um, pack of dogs, and then what else? Um, a canoe. A canoe. Oh, okay. I feel like Uma Thurman can really do a canoe. Like she can actually handle it and she'll appreciate it. Uh, uh, Penelope Cruz... Maybe I'm wrong, but she seems a little too delicate. You know what I mean? Like she's always playing, or at least she's very playing, very beautiful, flowy, delicate character. I feel like she would not appreciate canoe and just hanging on her wall, you know? <laughs> and I, I'll give her a pack of very nice dogs, you know, uh, cute dogs, cute dogs. Yeah, I could see Penelope surrounded by like a pack of trained dogs. I loved her this recently, a couple of years ago in... Um, American Crime Story, the Versace one. She was so good. She was, that was, I mean, this is, that's my favorite show, I think, on TV. It just doesn't come on enough. You know, it's only been three seasons, like five years. Right. Um, but she looked like, because she played uh, Donatella Versace, right? Fantastic. She looks like she can use a pack of attack dogs. Just unleashing them from her Miami manor. Exactly. Onto unsuspecting beachgoers. Yeah. So just give her a bag of randomized dogs and she can go figure it out. <laughs> excellently played i mean i think you really just unlocked it immediately of course craig t nelson wants corn nuts he probably Mm -hmm. has a basement full of corn nuts as we speak for sure the man was built to chomp corn nuts Mm -hmm. so yeah just beautifully played you i mean thank you do i get a prize do i get my gift back you get a slow cooker Uh yes yes you'll be getting a beautiful and you got it the honest way this time you, you know, I know, I know, you didn't have to cheat. This was kind of a lesson for you, ultimately. Was yeah. Sometimes if you just put in an honest day's work, you will get a slow cooker. Sometimes you just wait 15 years, you get a slow cooker. <laughs> Your time will come. Your time will come. Or a legitimate slow cooker. <laughs> okay, this is the final segment of the podcast. This is called I Said No Emails. People write into I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. You know, these people have various issues, problems, concerns, questions, what have yous, 
And would you help me answer one? Yeah, give me one second. Let me turn on the lights. Yeah, you're in total darkness at this point, and I feel so bad. It was an interesting day to night there. I know, right? We've done this podcast so long. It's, it's like <laughs> We've been here for four years. <laughs> it feels like it's been two days. <laughs> oh my God. Um, okay, this is what this one says. It says, Dear Bridger and disobedient guest, I am pregnant with my first child due February 2022. I've hired a doula who is a trained professional to assist before, during, and after the birth. Oh, good. She will be providing emotional and physical support during this very big life moment for both me and my spouse. I'd like to get her a thank you for being part of this journey. She's an mm. early 30s woman who loves social justice, gardening, and her dog. P.S. She is being compensated for her work, so I'd prefer to keep the gift under $100. Okay, well, all right. Uh, peace and blessings, and that's from C. Just the letter C. Letter C. C, her doula, she wants to get her a gift, but she doesn't want to go too far because this is not a volunteer doula. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, it's a fully paid doula. Yes. Uh, Mm. I don't know too many volunteer doulas, but I assume they're out there in the world somewhere. 30s. Doula, I thought usually it's older. Right, I always kind of imagine kind of an earthy, you know, 50s to 60s yeah like a wise lady that had her own kids right this person for all we know has never seen a birth and is kind of running around town as a scammer maybe see she just gift her the kid i love this you know it's under (laughs) a hundred bucks take take it off her own hands the doula obviously likes kids that's why she's obsessed with this baby I think it's the perfect gift. You just give her the kid. It's truly no cost. Zero. Yeah. Deeply meaningful. It means a lot to you. It means a lot to this doula. It actually saves you a lot of money long term. A lot of grief. Yeah, a lot of grief. I, <laughs> I think that, I mean, I'm almost upset that the answer was right there in front of me and I didn't go for it. I mean. I know. That's why you got me, man. Why have the baby if you're not going to give it away as a gift? Exactly. Yeah. I maybe keep the next baby, but this first one, you've had this woman in her thirties hanging around, giving you advice, emotionally supporting you and your spouse. And this doula sounds like a good mother, you know, in the social justice. Right. She loves dogs. Third, oh yeah, sounds gardening. like a great woman. As far as we can tell, has no other children in her life. Probably not. Yeah, yeah. What mm-hmm. a surprise that would be for this doula. The baby comes out of the hospital. Here you go. Deal with it. It's your thing now. Yeah. I'll be your doula now. You know, you're a little role reversal. <laughs> That's a real, yeah. Flipping the script almost immediately. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, Captain Phillips. You know? <laughs> yeah. Look at me. Look at me. I, I'm your doula now. I'm the doula now. It's a real Tom Hanks moment. This could be your big Tom Hanks performance. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, I mean, well, you did the gift master situation perfectly. You did this perfectly. Oh. You should have been the first guest on this podcast. It's a shame it's taken this long. I blame Jessica Gao. I should just host this podcast. Do you make a lot of money? Like, can I just have your well, job? Well, again, unfortunately, you're going to be going to prison. As uh, uh, gonna... once Dave and Buster's catches wind of all of this. Damn it. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe post-prison, that could be your... Well, I can... Rappers make albums in prison. I can surely host a podcast from prison. Very true. 
you know? How does, uh, I guess you just get, you know, your daily allotted phone time or whatever. Yeah, you know how like Shine back in the day on Big Boy Records, right? I mean, Bad Boy Records, he uh, just like threw a phone line basically. And it's a very cool mix actually. It adds a nice grit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I think if anything, I mean, this podcast, uh, the first word that comes to mind uh, is grit, is uh, post-prison. So mm -hmm. I think we'll just hand it over to you once you've done your time. Great. Sounds good. That's a deal. Jimmy, I'm so excited to have not only have these ping pong balls in my life, but to have been educated on the sport. I feel, oh. I, I think I'm a jock now. You are? You're going to go to Big Five now? I think I, uh, in the last half hour, I have made my transformation. I'm a jock. Let's go. We'll, we'll bro out. We'll bro out. We'll, we'll go to Big Five, <laughs> get you some weights, get you a couple punching bags, go to the GNC, get some protein shakes. <laughs> you know? I am ready to live my sports life. Let's do it. Thank you so much for being here. I had just a delightful time. That was fun, man. Thank you. And thanks for accepting my gift. Well, thank you, boyfriend, for accepting my gift. Well, you know, it's going to be a painful uh, healing process, but... Uh, Big fight tonight. I can see yeah. it coming. Big fight tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Listener, I have to go get in a fight with my boyfriend. So this is the end of the podcast. I'm going to be screaming for the rest of the night. Uh, I hope that that's not something that you have to deal with. Um, so it's time for you to move on. I'm excited for whatever you have next, uh, your next chapter after this podcast. We'll talk again soon. I love you. Bye-bye. I Said No Gifts is an Exactly Right production. It's produced and engineered by our dear friend, Annalise Nelson, and the theme song is by miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. That's where you're going to see pictures of all these wonderful gifts I'm getting. You have to see the gifts. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're there? It's really the least you could do, considering everything I do for you. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, go to midroll.com slash ads. When I invited you here I thought I made myself perfectly clear When you're a guest in my home 